All right, the children, the few that are here, maybe to dismiss to Children's Church. So I'm going to be talking or looking at Matthew chapter 24 this evening. The title of the message is called You got it? The title of the message is called Jesus is Coming Soon. um, And if we look at this, it's from the uh, Olivet Discourse from uh, Matthew 24. And Jesus gave this to his disciples. It was just a few days after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So Palm Sunday, a few days after this, and this is when he gives the Olivet Discourse to the disciples. And the Olivet Discourse is broken down into three different sections. Uh, the first section is uh, the, dis- the disciples are asking, when will the temple be destroyed? And we'll see that in verses 1 through 14. And the, uh, this section, in the first section, it, Jesus uh, prophesizes the destruction of the temple, the signs of the times, and the end of the age. The second section of the Olivet Discourse will be the signs of Jesus coming as it relates to Israel. And we'll see those in verses 15 to 26, where Jesus tells of the, the great tribulation, the coming of the Son of Man, and we'll see the parable of the fig tree also in that. And then the last one is uh, the end times as it relates to the church. We'll see that in verses 37 to 42, and it will uh, show us a time of the rapture. So before we begin, let's uh, open up and open. A word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you that we can uh, just gather together in your name, Lord. We just uh, thank you for all that you've done. Lord, as we hear the message uh, that you help me prepare, Lord, just may you speak through me. May you just uh, speak to each, each person, Lord, and may they get something from this message, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you and all this we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the way I kind of set this message up is I'll read Matthew 24, 1 through 51 and interject with some commentary in between. And in the end, I will have a little observation and some Christian living attached to it. So we'll begin with Matthew 24, verses 1 through 51. And I got the clicker. All right. All right. Okay, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another. That shall not be thrown down. And when we look at, the, at that time during Jesus' ministry, they were meeting uh, on the Olive Mount, the Mount of Olives, which is above the Kidron Valley, which is uh, by the, the old temple. So um, this temple that, that was there was the one that King Herod, uh, Herod the Great started building in 20 BC, and it was still under construction at that time. And during this time, the, the, the temple was a very spectacular building. It was built very well, um, 
they were very particular on how everything was put together. And they used these massive stones. So in the disciples' eyes, how could it be possible for the destruction of this temple? It was so great. But then yet in, in AD 70, Titus and the Romans burned the temple and then they sifted through all the rubble to retrieve all the gold from the temple to, to meet the, the prophecy that not one stone was left, just as, just as Jesus said. So we'll go to the next one. Now, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Well, Luke 19, 11 records that the disciples still thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. They did not envision a second coming in far-off future. They were speaking of his coming in, in triumph as the Messiah. So here they're thinking, we know the Messiah is returning, but he will set up the kingdom here and he will set it up soon. They didn't, they didn't anticipate that the second coming or Christ's return would be thousands of years later. So, and Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And so today we see many deceivers in the Christian church. False teachers are pretty rampant in the churches today, in the churches all across the world. We even have one guy that even claims to be the Son of God. And so I think you know who he is in the Philippines. <laughs> so... Um, so, and you see that today, there's so many churches with bad doctrine. It's important that you know your Bible and you can distinguish between the good and the bad doctrines that these, these, these uh, churches teach. And a lot of them, the churches are very attractive. They sing all the good songs. They, you know, it's, they're really appealing to the people, but yet their doctrine and their teachings are false. So, um, <clears throat> verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And the sorrows here, the sorrows here are the uh, birth pains. So famines, earthquakes, conflicts, they have always been in this world. They've always been since the beginning. But as we get closer to that end of the age, just like, just like with childbirth, as the contractions get closer and closer, we know that the time is getting nearer and nearer. So Jesus indicates that things will not get worse at the end of the year, signaling the arrival of Messiah to judge sinful humanity, and then that's when he will set up his millennial kingdom. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. So the believers who uh, persevere are the same ones who are saved, not the ones whose love grow cold. 
This does not suggest that our perseverance secures our salvation. God, as part of His saving work, secures our perseverance. True believers are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. In Jeremiah 32.40 it says, I will put my fear in the hearts so that they will not depart from me. Um, verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads him, let him understand. Now the, uh, the abomination of desolation is a, a Jewish reference that the Jewish cultures knows very well. So uh, there's a, a king of Egypt called Antiochus, and in, I think, 163, he, he came and he uh, uh, took out Israel during that time. And, and when he did that, he set up uh, idols for the god of Zeus. And, then, and on that, in, in, the, in the, um, the temple in Israel, he set up the god of Zeus. And then on top of that, he sac- sacrificed swine. On the, on the altar. So we know that is an abomination. So you'll see the same thing after, uh, during this time, during the Antichrist, there's going to be an abomination of desolation when the Antichrist sets up idols in the rebuilt temple. So, verse 16, it says, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who was on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not, such has not been since the beginning of the world until time. No, no, nor ever shall be. Jesus is speaking of the great tribulation here, the future time in which God's wrath shall be poured out on the earth. We see this in the bold judgments in Revelations 16 and 19. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So you see, miracles by themselves do not prove that something is God. The teachers of those who perform signs and wonders must be tested again in correct doctrine and by the witness of God's Spirit. Uh, we can't just take... That's why it's so important to know your word know the Bible see I have told you beforehand therefore if they say to you look he is in the courts in the inner rooms do not believe it no one should consider the claims of the self-styled Messiah Messiahs because all of them are false when Christ returns no one will miss it and we'll look at the following examples of Christ's return so 
For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. We will know when Christ returns. It, it won't be, is it really him? You will know it's him. For whenever the carcass, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The sun, the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. The Son of Man himself is the sign. The events described here precisely parallel the description in Daniel 7 and Revelation 19. All the tribes of the earth will mourn over their own rebellion. Israel in particular will mourn over their rejection of the Messiah. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Uh, when we see this, we, when the, the fig branch puts forth leaves, only a short time remains until the summer. Likewise, when the final birth pains begin, Christ's return is near. Yes, surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So the disciples here wanted a precise time. They wanted to know exactly when he was coming back. But um, this was not the time for them to know. Christ's emphasis is on faithfulness, watchfulness, stewardship, expectancy, and preparedness. Those are the lessons he taught in the parable that follow here. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus' emphasis here wasn't on the wickedness of the people, but on the preoccupation of everyday life. And that can be for us too. We get so caught up in what's going on in our own lives and uh, keeping ourselves overly busy. Uh, they were too busy to heed the warnings of Noah and therefore were, spec were swept away unexpectedly in the midst of their daily life. So what happened to them? They missed the boat. Literally, they missed the boat. <laughs> see. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. 
There's a quote from Matthew Henry. He's a commentator of the scriptures. And he says, Our Lord's coming will be happy to those that shall be found ready, but very dreadful to those that are not. Those who choose the world for their portion in this life will have hell for their portion in their other life. So true is that. The last part is, but, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief, would, the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom his master made rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find, doing, find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him into two, appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. So the title again was Jesus is Coming Soon. So soon, as I think is here, right? Soon, in biblical sense, is a relative term when used in relation to the eternal nature of the Almighty who exists outside time and space, yet continually operates within the confines of a finite human history as I am, God the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Thus the use of this term soon, as understood by the eternal mind, may be interpreted to mean promptly as in right now, or to mean future time, say within the next hundred or thousand years, the latter of which, in God time, is the equivalent of one human day. Therefore, it's soon. <laughs> so uh, I have seven observations to take from is it here? to take from this passage that we read. If we look at the context of the passage, that's the key. Context, context, context. I put it three times because usually when you say something three times, you know it's important, right? <laughs> Look at the context of the passage when you're reading. We have Jesus speaking on the present of him returning soon, the prophecy of Daniel, and the end of the age. So that was the, the disciples are asking Jesus, when is this going to happen? The temple being destroyed and all this, when is this going to happen? They want the specific date and times but they're not getting that. When is the sign of your coming and the sign at the end of their age, they keep asking. The second observation that we see in this passage is deception. The enemy's plan is to deceive us. In verse 4, it says, sorry, I don't have my glasses on. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one's deceive you. So, again, going back to Knowing the scripture, knowing, being able to tell from right and wrong, being to know, um, 
the fake and the true, the real and the true. The third one is, faith is your faith is going to wane. Verse 12. As wickedness increases, the faith of most will grow cold. It's so sad to see that in the scripture that there will be people proclaiming to be Christians and yet their faith grows cold. Um, the fourth one is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. So this is what we do in mission training, right? Verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations. Meaning nations means peoples, the Great Commission. To go out there, therefore, preach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number five is the abomination of desolation. We went over that as Daniel was prophesying about the rise of the person who was in opposition of the worshiping God in the temple, the abomination of desolation. Number six, Christ's return is a public event. As we saw earlier, we will know when Christ returns. It's not going to be a mystery. Um, and the last one is the sad one. Everyone won't make it to the end. So, uh, so does the return of Jesus impact your life in any significant way? The way to think, the way to this is to live alert and not alarmed. Verse 6 says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Say, so today it's so easy to live in fear, to live. We're constantly bombarded with you should be fearful of whatever's going on around you. And we, we know with the Lord that is not true. We have, we have uh, Jesus with us. There's no reason to fear. Do not be alarmed. Be alert. Do not be alarmed by all that is in this world. Jesus said, don't be alarmed. We are to put our confidence in him. Are these on here? Second one is, keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, deceptions want to get our minds away from Christ and onto what they say. Or decept people that are deceiving want to get our minds away from Christ and onto what they say. Focus your life on Jesus, not on some hidden prophecy or false doctrines. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and when he comes soon, you will... If, when he comes soon, you will have you already locked on to him when he arrives. And then number three is live ready. Verse 44 says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The enemy has us fixed on what day when Jesus is saying, Be ready today. Be ready now. Number four, draw close to the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 says, And because of the lawlessness which will abound, the heart of many will grow cold. That's why it's so important to be surrounded with brothers, sisters in Christ. So that if you do fall, there will be somebody there to help you back up. That's, how, that's so important. That's one of the functions of the church, so we can help each other. There will be someone to point you in the right direction if you do fall or if you do need help. Number five is 
share the truth, the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lastly, and then the end will come. Jesus is coming soon, so be ready. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to, the, to all those nations, and then the end will come. All right, that's my message for today. It was nice and short. <laughs> so I think everybody's here is a Christian. There's just a few of us today, so thank you for coming. Um, I think Mikey and them will come up and close us out in our song, and then Brother Ole will close us in prayer. All right, thank you.